0: Hi, everyone. It's your podcast host, Jim Andrews, here with a reminder that the Ticket Manager Partner Summit is back. We'll be getting together in person on October 17th this year at the Times Center in New York City. This is a free invitation-only event where hundreds of business leaders across the world's most influential brands in sports, sponsorship, live events, and ticketing gather to make great connections and share valuable information. Approved attendees enjoy exclusive networking events, insightful panels, and exciting celebrity speakers all for free. Are you interested in attending? Just go to TicketManager.com for details on how to apply. Hello and welcome to Ticket Manager's All Access Interview Series, engaging leaders from across the sports marketing spectrum to identify and explore critical issues in the business of sports, entertainment, sponsorship, activation, ticketing, hospitality, and even more than that. I'm your host, Jim Andrews. Joining me on this episode are Steve Gray, Group Vice President of Marketing for UKG, and Pete Falcone, owner and CEO of JP Sports and Entertainment. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Jim.
0: Excellent. Steve, I, I'm to start with you because I think it would be helpful to begin today with some background on UKG, which uh, the you know, the product of a merger between two companies, Ultimate Software and, and Kronos, that really both had active sports marketing programs when they came together about two and a half years ago now. So can you tell us about uh, how that uh, those sponsorship portfolios were, were brought together and integrated and, and how you operate today?
1: Sure. Kronos Incorporated was the leader, fairly undisputed leader in uh, workforce management software. And uh, Ultimate Software was uh, among the leaders in human capital management. And uh, we came together in a merger of uh, equals about two and a half years ago. At that time, we were a little over $3 billion in revenue with about 13,000 employees. Uh, Delighted to report that in just the two short years since we've been together. We now are over $4 billion in revenue and have about 15,000 employees worldwide. Uh, For those who may not be familiar with workforce management or human capital management, we're an enterprise software company that uh, works primarily in in, um, time and attendance and workforce analytics, uh, scheduling, benefit administration, payroll, Processing, recruiting, onboarding—so think about pretty much everything from hire to retire.
0: Let's talk about the the, the sponsorship uh, elements of, of of the two companies, and and you were obviously in charge of, of one portfolio, and then all of a sudden, here comes <laughs> here comes another company with, uh, as I said, you know, kind of an active active role in sports marketing, but with a bit of a different uh, perspective on things. So how how did you handle all that, and, and ultimately integrate?
1: Well, obviously we brought two uh, dynamite marketing teams together and uh, we looked at uh, the talent and skill sets that we have across the full spectrum of the company. And uh, we decided to kind of divide up responsibilities based on my experience at Kronos. I uh, took lead responsibility for all of our individual ambassadors. And then the company also primarily ultimate software had. Had uh, relationships with some um, sports teams. So, uh, for example, we were on the um, jersey, the nameplate on the jersey of the uh, Miami Heat. So, uh, I have some counterparts in the company who manage our team responsibilities, and uh, I handle all of our individual ambassadors.
0: So, Pete, tell us about your firm's role in in working with with Stephen and, and UKG. Can you tell us a little bit about how the relationship started and and what you all do for them?
2: Sure. Steve and I met. I. I think Steve, it was 2015, roughly. Mm-hmm. Steve attended an event that we uh, had done for several years. We we shared a client, and just had some casual conversations. This was this is obviously when uh, Steve was still with Kronos, and you know Steve had said you know at some point we may want to go down this road. He he spent some time talking to several agencies, and what what he liked was that we don't represent anybody. Hopefully, among other things. But that that differentiator helped, especially when we talked about trying to suggest what might or might not make sense within the individual athlete relationships. So and um, to Steve's credit and, and Kronos, I think it would be fair to say was less uh, less active than Ultimate Software at that time prior to the major or um, prior to the merger. Excuse me. So we actually started with, with Steve and his chief marketing officer and, and basically did an audit of the of the marketplace just to give them a little bit better perspective what was going on not just with their competitors but in general and then that led to Kronos retaining JPSE to basically assist with the entire program relative to the individual athletes in multiple sports and then you know somewhat of a sounding board across across the uh golf landscape as well
1: excellent yeah I might add that um That I had been beating the drum uh, within Kronos for a couple of years um, and trying to get smarter myself about the whole area of uh, sports marketing and particularly uh, ambassadors. And uh, when we finally decided to uh, make a modest investment in that part of our marketing portfolio, I had, I suppose, what you'd call a, a WTF moment. Now that I got the ball, that ball over the goal line, uh, how how do I go about this? And so based on my uh, prior relationship with uh, Pete, he was one of the first uh, that came to my mind. And I reached out to him knowing that he and his team uh, know many, many, many people across the sports landscape and particularly in the, in the field of golf. So he helped me put together a uh, request for proposal. He knew which agencies, which agents to send that out to and of course we wanted to talk about what questions we we needed answered and uh, that basically was who do you represent that has something available what is that something that's available whether it's the hat or the chest or the sleeve and uh, at what at what price do you value that and that was our uh, kind of our jumping off point for beginning to assemble a short list of uh, candidates to, from uh with which to start the roster
2: and one of the one things we did, that we did Jim which we try to recommend For all of our clients that we assist, you know, even during during COVID, it changed for obvious reasons. But with Steve, as as we looked at the men that we were going to try to engage, you know, we did you know somewhat of a roadshow. So we took Steve out to a tournament and let him meet a lot of the agents and and a lot of the players in person. I, I don't, I don't think it makes sense for for someone to invest without having some connection prior to signing on the dotted line. So even during COVID, we did that. You know with zoom obviously like what we're doing here today we, we've done it when it's practical as well you know so the, you know a deal that may or may not come down the pike down the road but people are in different parts of the world obviously you're not going to get everybody together in person but steve is our primary contact and we did the same thing with the women a couple months later as we were just starting to as the final original chronos team took form right. so
0: You've really, over time, kind of grown and, and diversified that that roster of UKG ambassadors, and and so I'd love to hear a little bit more about. Uh, kind of some of the the reasons for that diversification, getting into sports beyond golf, and adding adding women as as, as well as men, and maybe as part of that, you, you've already touched on this a little bit. But uh, just talk about the process for you know, screening, vetting, approving these potential ambassadors, because obviously there there's a lot a lot to choose from, a lot of uh, you know, very good pro athletes out there. How do you really kind of narrow that down to to figure out who's going to be the best fit for the brand values and the, and the goals that you have?
1: Well, we've been on a little bit of a cycle. Pre-merger, we had, I think, between the two companies, 17 athletes on our respective uh, rosters. Uh, As we brought the two companies together, we decided to compress that roster somewhat. So we, um, at uh, the time of the merger, did not uh, renew all the contracts across both companies. I think that brought us down to around 10 athletes. And uh, from there, we've added back a number of new ambassadors that perhaps better fit some of our priorities in, in the company that uh, that I can talk about a little bit later. As far as uh, the vetting process, um, it kind of first starts with what what sport are we necessarily targeting, and the reason that that we're in primarily in golf and and tennis is because those are the sports that index best with our target audience in terms of C-suite, in terms of uh, decision makers, uh, uh, particularly around, as I said, enterprise software. So that's kind of number one. You can begin to take a number of different sports off the list that perhaps don't have the same level of viewership among, among the target audience. As far as the athletes themselves are concerned, uh, one of the best sources of intelligence – in terms of who we might uh, think of considering as an addition of the roster is, is our team itself. Um, it's not, um, I, I certainly have reached out to members of our, our ambassador, uh, roster and, and ask their thoughts, ask their opinions on uh, different perspective additions to, uh, to the team. Uh, I'd like to think that at any time we get that group together, they look to their left and they look to their right and they say, I'm proud to be, be part of this team, in terms of the values that uh, that that we're looking for. So I put a lot of I put a lot of stock in uh, the feedback that we get from the team. Uh, diversity is primary goal for UKG. Our uh, our tagline at the company is our purpose is people. We try to work with companies uh, to help them create cultures and uh, workplace environments where employees are highly engaged and um we think that uh what we we hold very dear uh a diverse workforce uh people from all backgrounds and and we want that reflected in uh in our ambassador roster so many of the additions that we've made since bringing the uh the teams together um, have been to to meet some of those diversity goals whether that's geographic diversity whether that's ethnic diversity we um uh, added an adaptive athlete to our roster uh, within the past couple of years. and quite honestly I'm not I'm not immediately aware of any other companies that um, necessarily uh, have as diverse um, uh, rundown as we do.
0: You, you mentioned just some of the objectives for for, for doing this. So I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, kind of the the why behind all of this. What did, you know, what uh, uh, what are you getting out of these these relationships? And and also, and maybe Pete, you can speak to this a little bit. Just how are you activating the partnerships now with these ambassadors? Because we all know it's it's more than just having that logo on the shirt. You want to do more than that to really bring these things to life. So so we can talk first about kind of the. Uh, strategy and, and objectives, and then also how how you're leveraging the relationships.
1: I mean, the two primary benefits I believe of the ambassador program are to expand and and build brand awareness through exposure of the logo, primarily through television, but also social media and uh, many of the platforms that uh, that the athletes have. And then, of course, customer connection, whether that's uh, through some form of hospitality. Uh, golf outings, ways that uh, we can leverage our relationships and extend that to uh, to our customers and to our uh, prospects.
2: Right. I mean, on the awareness side, Steve, as I recall, post-merger or pre-merger, both of the two companies had awareness in the 70s or 80 percentile, and then post-merger, it dipped in, in the short term a fair amount. Sure. And this was one way that really helped, among other things, spike the awareness back up to the levels that UKG required, frankly, you know, because collectively, and you know how this works, Jim, you can measure, you can measure the media value and it's significant. We, we, we've been fortunate, you know, Steve and the team selected a bunch of really good players who have had some great success. So that, that tangible value has been clear year over year, which you know, helps tell the story.
1: Yeah. As, as Pete said, when uh, prior to the merger, uh, Kronos was in the eighties for unaided recall among uh, the target audience. I think ultimate was uh, right alongside there in the, in the high seventies. When we brought the two companies together, we created an, an all-new entity, new name, new tagline, new color palette, new logo. And and really, in retrospect, our ambassador program has been a little bit of a secret weapon in the sense that because we had programs established and in place that we could build upon, that became immediately a tool for the company to build brand awareness around this new name, I also think we have one of the best logos in um, in in the business. Uh, we've been told that it uh, really really pops off the screen, pops off the uh, apparel of our um, of our athletes, and uh, and so this has been a very important part of our brand awareness program. I might uh, jump. I, I might just mention. Who our roster are? Uh, who, yeah. who are uh, <laughs> the athletes on our roster? If uh, for those who may not be familiar, on the senior PGA tour, we have pretty well known name uh, in Freddie Couples. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recently added uh, Nota Begay uh, this year as he uh, bar- uh, embarked on the senior tour. On the PGA tour, we have uh, Daniel Berger, JT Poston, Will Salatoris, and we recently uh, added Soft Igala. On the LPGA. We've got a very robust roster Jay Marie Green, Marina Alex, uh, Megan Kang, Brittany Altamare, Brooke Henderson, Lexi Thompson, and uh, Nellie Corda. And um, we also have uh, a relationship with the National Women's Soccer League and, and a pay equity effort around, uh, around that sport. And uh, Sydney LaRue and Kristen Press are both uh, ambassadors uh, of the company. Ash Barty, who uh, at one time was ranked number one women's tennis player in the world uh, out of Australia. And then finally, former uh, Navy SEAL uh, injured in in, in Afghanistan, uh, Dan Knosson is uh, is our adaptive athlete representative.
0: Oh, that really is a diverse roster. that That's awesome. And I, I, I want to come back and, and ask you specifically about, about Ash in, in just a second, but um, in terms of, so you, obviously the hospitality, you know, you, you're, you're, I assume you're bringing clients out to, to tournaments and, and matches and things like that and, and uh, having the, some involvement with the, um, the ambassadors. But you also mentioned social media as well. Are, are there anything in particular that you ask of your ambassadors? Obviously, it's not necessarily, you know, yours is not a product that they are you know using day to day, right? <laughs> it's, it's the business product. But so how do you, how, do, how does the social media angle work for you all?
2: I mean, we we have a regular interaction scheduled every couple of weeks with the social team. And we've been doing that since the days of Kronos. And it's taken it's taken a few, there's been some a couple of different success stories, is what I should say. So, so you know, back to the, the tagline of the company, you know, the employee engagement piece is is meaningful. And so there's been some one-offs that don't meet the public eye where we've had the players support various things on on a uh, on a higher profile level there's been you know international women's day you know we've done some things where the the pros get involved philanthropically we've we've integrated them into something that was either a one-off or part of what would become a regular annual effort you know client engagement things like that Um, it's not just about playing golf with them but getting getting some client engagement beyond just playing golf or seeing them in a suite during a meet and greet so i mean all of the above and it evolves as, as you can imagine it's a little more challenging internationally but domestically, obviously it's, it's even, uh, it's even easier. So, and it's been it's been effective.
1: Yeah. We've, we've leveraged the relationships in many, many different ways. Um, it, you know, from a social media standpoint, it could simply be that, that uh, maybe one of our athletes gives a shout out on the company's um, anniversary to, to their followers and, and maybe um, a word about how much they value the relationship with uh, with the company We've had uh, athletes record brief videos that we have used uh, with customers and prospects in, in uh, sales situations. We've had we've had some fun with them. Um, I, I think it was a year or so ago, we did a putt for a charity where each week uh, one of our LPGA players had to or was challenged with making a series of putts from various distances. And the more, more putts they made, the more we donated to charity. And each week they would hand off to another of their um, uh, UKG teammates to with uh, with another challenge. So lots of ways to, to have fun beyond just doing golf outings or perhaps uh, a meet and greet at uh, at a um, at a tournament or something like that.
2: And we try not to jam them all into you know all into the same box, right? So it's not like every single time we do it. Every single person has to participate. We try to be a little more thoughtful and and figure out why it would make sense to integrate certain members of the overall team.
1: We did a virtual Q&A, for example, during the pandemic when um, all of us were you know cooped up at home and, and, and we couldn't get out and, and do in-person outings and whatnot. Uh, and we invited customers and prospects to participate in that, ask questions of, uh, of the athletes.
0: We mentioned Ash Party, and I'm always interested to to know how partners respond when something unexpected happens, such as when, at the age of 25, she decided that she was going to retire, even though she was ranked number one, coming off a Grand Slam victory. That obviously, I would assume, changed some some plans that you had had in place. So how did you kind of make a pivot there when she did that?
1: Well, first of all, let me say that Ash is a fantastic ambassador. Uh, for UKG, we've really very much valued our relationship with her, and she's uh, she's just been um, a wonder. It did, however, come as a surprise when when she made the, that decision. We certainly were not planning on that, but we still valued the uh, relationship that we have uh, with Ash, and so we um, decided to just kind of re, not reevaluate, but to kind of um, redirect. The activities that we would uh, we would do with her, we uh, clearly she's not competing on a global stage anymore. We don't get the brand exposure that we would be getting if she were in the semifinal or final of uh, of a major. But that doesn't mean that she can't be of great value to us, particularly in country. I mean, she's a national treasure in Australia, and so we uh, kind of rewrote the contract and and um, redirected the kinds of activities activities that we would be doing with her, but uh, kept the relationship in place and continue to count her as uh, among uh, our ambassadors.
0: I think to wrap up, I'd I just like to hear, Steve, we'll start with you and, and Pete chime in here definitely, just about where you would like to see your sponsorship program kind of go from here just kind of if you could uh just kind of wave a magic wand and say this is what we would we would love to have you know and, and you know what that might require from from some of your your current partners ambassadors or or uh, folks that you might be working with in the, in the future
1: we definitely are very strategic in our uh, roster additions as i said we we have um a very strong a set of diversity goals, and that, and so as we think about expanding, or even in some cases perhaps contracting the roster, that's um, at the top of the list in, in terms of um, uh, what we want to try to accomplish. We always have to be cost cost conscious. We don't have uh, an unlimited budget, and we want to be very judicious in the way uh, that that we're making that investment. Uh, we want to make sure um, that. Our ambassadors continue to represent the values that, that we want our brand to stand for. And so those are all considerations. As as you just mentioned a moment ago with Ash, we also aren't completely and always in control of um, of our destiny. Each of these ambassadors are competitors. They have their goals. And uh, we'd like to think that those are always in, in sync with UKG, but sometimes uh, there's there can be a divergence there as well. And we, you know, we very much respect each one of our ambassadors and what they're trying to accomplish. I would tell you, I should, probably should have mentioned earlier, one of the challenges for a sponsor um, it, on, on activations is uh, simply managing around the, um, the athlete's competitive schedule. Sure. Um, uh, whether it's the PGA or the LPGA, they are competing on a global stage uh, they are, you know, m- moving from continent to continent for competition. And that may or may not always align easily with uh, the seasonality of, um, of a golf outing uh, in a given part of the country or even a given part of the world. So sometimes uh, that's arguably one of the biggest challenges of the activations is trying to find availability that works for uh, both the athlete and for UKG
2: and especially for your organization I mean, there's these executive summits that happen throughout the year and it's obviously valuable to have one of the men or women participate but you know if it's on a wednesday during an event week where where he or she is playing then obviously that's that's going to be a non-starter you know one of the things i think that ukg deserves credit for and steve in particular is there, i mean from day one there's obviously been the the fact that strategy has to be appropriate and there's conversations and deliberations that go around that but there's been a couple instances at least where, you know, we were able to kind of get in front of the market and and they've done a really good job on being opportunistic. Right. It's still it's still adhered to all the things that made sense for their business. But there's been you know a couple of times here in the past 12 months where for a big company, they can move quickly when they need to, you know, which is frankly refreshing for people <laughs> on our side of the table.
0: Gentlemen, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes today and and telling us a little bit more and, and uh, looking behind behind the curtain, if you will, at what you both are doing. As I said, it's a looks like a great program, and and obviously you're having success with it. And and wish you continued uh, success with, with with all of the different relationships you have. And and Pete, obviously with you, uh, you and your other clients as well. Just want to thank both of you for for coming on. And uh, maybe we'll get to do this uh, somewhere down the road again.
1: Sounds good. Thank you for having us. That would be great. Thanks, Jim.
2: Appreciate it.
0: Thank you. And on behalf of everyone at Ticket Manager, thank all of you for watching and listening. And please join us again for the next episode in the All Access Interview Series.